Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good day and thank you for standing by. Welcome to the Exco Technologies Limited Second Quarter Results 2021 Conference Call. At this time, all participants' line are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone keypad. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. If you require any further assistance, please press star zero. I would now like to hand the conference over to your speaker today, Mr. Darren Kirk, President and CEO of Exco. Please go ahead. Thank you, Vic. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Exco Technology Limited Fiscal 2021 Second Quarter Conference Call. I am Darren Kirk, CEO of Exco. I will lead off with an operations overview. Matthew Posno, our CFO, will then review the financial results. The format of this call will be the same as in the past. After a brief presentation, we will take questions. First, I would like to make some comments about forward-looking information. In yesterday's news release and on page two of the presentation that we have posted to our website, you'll find cautionary notes in that regard. While I won't repeat the content of the cautionary notes, we do claim their protection for any forward-looking information we might disclose today. We had a very good second quarter producing 30 cents of earnings per share. This brings us to 58 cents of earnings per share year to date and puts us firmly on track for a record year. I am particularly pleased with our results given the ongoing challenges of COVID-19, the extreme weather conditions we faced during the quarter, as well as rising input costs, supply chain bottlenecks, and a stronger Canadian dollar. I want to thank all of my Exco teammates for their fantastic efforts and, of course, commitment to working safely through such extreme circumstances. Looking first at our automotive solutions segment, overall automotive production was modestly lower in the quarter as OEMs were crimped by the shortage of microchips. Consumer demand for vehicles, however, remained near an all-time high with sales incentive declining and dealer inventory levels now at very low levels. We expect this backdrop will be met with a pickup in production as we go through the year once supply chain issues ease. Our foreign exchange adjusted segment revenues performed better than the overall market again, which represents continuing content for vehicle growth. New program launches helped achieve these results and we have high content on several refreshed vehicle models that are performing well. Additionally, some inventory channels continue to be buffer stocked, although at much reduced levels compared to prior quarters. Quoting activity remains decent, and we are seeing a number of important wins and sizable new opportunities, particularly with electric vehicles from both new and traditional OEMs. On the cost side, our margins benefited from favorable product mix shift and a continued focus on efficiency. We did, however, continue to experience major fluctuations in forecast versus actual order releases again this quarter. This occurred as our customers juggled 
their own production schedules in response to the chip shortage. These challenges were pushed down to the supply base and placed strain on our production planning process. As well, we lost several days of production associated with the Texas winter storm. We faced various supply chain challenges of our own and encountered rising input cost inflation. These elements required us to be nimble and absorb a lot of extra costs related to overtime, materials, and to expedite product shipments. As well, in Q2, we fully geared up for the launch of one new program, which our customer delayed into our third fiscal quarter. Nonetheless, we still produced an EBITDA margin of 16% in this segment. I must say this is pretty good margin, even in favorable conditions. Looking forward, combined North American and European vehicle production levels are expected to be up sizably for the year as industry production normalizes from the OEM plant shutdown that occurred a year ago. Our results will benefit accordingly and will be further bolstered by the launch of new programs as well as an expected increase in penetration levels for some of our key accessory products. Further out, we remain deeply engaged in quoting new programs that we expect will contribute outsized growth. In our casting and extrusion segment, we had terrific results. Demand was very strong in all three of our segment business groups. As I've mentioned several times before, the automotive industry's transformation towards electric vehicles and focus on emission reduction is extremely positive for Exco. It is hard to overstate this. We certainly saw that benefit in our results this quarter. As OEMs make the change to greener vehicles and strive for greater manufacturing efficiency, there is an increased use of light metals and the demand for our associated tooling. There is also increasing demand for technical expertise at the supplier level as products become larger and more complex. This plays right into our strength. Tesla, with its Gigapress, is a good example of this as they are now producing entire subframe assemblies with die-cast components that are much larger than anything previously produced. Castool is already directly benefiting from these developments, but it is a very positive trend for all three of our tooling businesses. The extrusion market remained exceptionally strong this quarter, with high demand across the vast majority of end markets. As you know, our extrusion tooling ultimately supports a diverse range of applications, including residential and industrial building and construction, consumer durables, and transportation. This quarter, we demonstrated we could keep up with sizable demand growth by leveraging the harmonized manufacturing process of our numerous group facilities. This initiative has allowed us to centralize certain processes such as programming and design and utilize our capacity on a network basis when required. All of this keeps our cost low, capacity high, and with the ability to manufacture a quality standardized product. During the quarter, we received board approval to make additional capital investments to further expand and upgrade our in-house heat treatment cap uh, operations. These investments are quite strategic as they will shrink lead times, drive down our operating costs, and give us enhanced control over a critical part of our manufacturing process, all while reducing our environmental footprint. Our large mold group continued to be negatively affected by COVID-related program delays. These constraints did ease sequentially, however, and we expect will further improve in the second half of our fiscal year. 
We are very bullish on the long-term outlook of this business, given the growing die-cast demand, increasing complexity of components, localizing of supply chains, and our leading market position. During the quarter, we completed a detailed analysis of our operations and committed further capital to ensure we remain best in class as a full-service operation. Segment margins benefited significantly in the quarter from higher sales, but more so by efficiency gains in the usage of both material and labor. This progress reflects our past and ongoing sizable investments in new equipment, but it is really driven by our people who continuously rethink the ways of doing things and who push the envelope on innovation and product performance. The need for suppliers to be both low cost and bring solutions to the customer has never been greater. Tolerances are becoming tighter, lead time requirements are shrinking, and demand for lower prices are intensifying. Yet, there is a lot of profitable growth ahead, provided we meet these requirements. And I think our segment results this quarter with 11% revenue growth and a 22% EBITDA margin clearly demonstrate we can. On the capital deployment side, we expect our spending to pick up in our second half. We anticipate this remaining spend could total towards $25 million as Castool nears completion of its expansion plant in Morocco, and we make deposits on new machinery for further investments in our large mole group and heat treatment facilities. So, in summary, we had an excellent second quarter and first half to our fiscal year. Despite the significant challenges we all face today, we are very well positioned to continue this momentum in the quarters ahead. Once again, we thoroughly expect our fiscal 2021 to be a record year for Exco. That concludes my operations overview. I will pass the call over to Matthew to discuss the financial highlights of the quarter. Matthew. Thank you, Darren. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Consolidated sales for the second quarter ended March 31st, 2021 were 118.4 million compared to 120.2 million in the same quarter last year, a decrease of 1.8 million or 1%. Second quarter sales at our automotive solution segment were down 4.1 million or 6% and the casting extrusion group sales increased 2.3 million or 5%. Over the quarter, exchange rate movements decreased sales 6.4 million, excluding the impact of foreign exchange Consolidated sales for the quarter were up 4%. Automotive sales were flat, and the casting extrusion sales were up 11%. Consolidated net income for the second quarter was $11.7 million, or basic and diluted earnings of $0.30 cents per share, compared to $9.5 million, or $0.24 cents per share, in the same quarter last year, an increase in net income of 23%. The company did not receive support from the Canadian Wage Subsidy Program this quarter. The consolidated effective income tax rate of 22% in the current quarter was the same as the prior year period. The automotive solution segment reported sales of 69.3 million in the second quarter, decreased of 4.1 million or 6% from the prior year quarter. The segment sales were favorable when considering the negative impact from foreign exchange rate fluctuations, the global microchip shortage, continued COVID-19 challenges, the Texas snowstorm, and shipping delays from congested ports which reduced the vehicle production in the quarter. Segment sales were supported by a number of program launches for both new and existing products and a favorable vehicle mix. Second quarter pre-tax earnings in the automotive solution segment totaled $9.4 million, which is consistent with the same quarter last year. The segment maintained traditional profitability despite the slight sales decline through continued cost discipline. 
In addition, new product launches and a favorable sales mix were offset by ramp-up costs for future programs, supply chain challenges, raw material cost inflation, and fluctuations with customer releases caused by uncertainty due to the microchip shortage. The casting and extrusion segment reported sales of $49.1 million for the second quarter, an increase of $2.3 million or 5% from the same period last year. Excluding the negative impact of foreign exchange rate movements, the segment sales were up 11% and continue to rebound and exceed pre-COVID levels. Extrusion group sales were supported by, a strong, by strong results at all six locations, reflecting high demand for extrusion tools across North and South America, across all industry segments. Demand for die-cast consumable tooling has been the primary driver of cast tools sales performance. In addition, orders for larger capital goods in extrusion and markets and increased throughout, uh, increased throughout the second quarter. The large mold sales groups were down. Sales, large mold group sales were down as customers delayed shipping dates on existing programs. However, inventories increased and new business from current and new customers continued to outpace shipments for this group. Pre-tax earnings in the casting extrusion segment improved by 2.9 million or 65% over the same quarter last year to 7.4 million. The segment's profitability improvement was driven by strong efficiency gains in both material and labor usage, coupled with greater overhead absorption. Exco generated cash from operating activities of $11.9 million during the quarter and $6.8 million of free cash flow after $5 million in net capital expenditures. This cash flow was more than sufficient to fund the $3.9 million of dividends. Capital expenditures will be back and loaded this year as commitments for new equipment have increased and will continue in the coming months. Exco ended the quarter with $28.4 million in net cash, continuing its practice of maintaining a strong balance sheet and liquidity position. Exco's financial position remains very strong. As such, the company's balance sheet and availability under existing credit facilities allow considerable flexibility to support strategic capital spending, dividends, and other opportunities that may arise. That concludes my comments. We can now transfer to the Q&A portion of the call. Thanks, Vic. As a reminder, to ask a question, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone keypad. To withdraw your question, press the pound key. Your first question comes from the line of David Ocampo. Your line is open. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yeah, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Aaron, when, when I take a look at your casting and extrusion margins, you know, this is probably the highest level that it's been in almost five years. So I'm just wondering, can you continue at this level or, or perhaps even directionally at the same level, especially with all the demand that you're seeing towards the back half of the year with, with, with your large mold division? Uh, well, I, I certainly would expect so. Um, I, I think, you know, one attribute is that the, the large mold uh, business is uh, continuing to have a, a lagging impact from COVID. So it, it really uh, can, and we expect will contribute more uh, to uh, the profitability in, in the margin of the segment. So to the extent that uh, uh, you know, volumes remain um, healthy 
I, I could certainly see continuation of that margin and, and even some further upward potential. And Darren, maybe perhaps you can comment on some of the competition that you're seeing in the marketplace. I know that was an issue in the past. But are those competitors largely out of the market or, or you're not seeing them in, in, as a competitive threat anymore? I would say there's, there's no uh, material change. The competition in these markets is uh, incredibly intense. Uh, now, you know, as, as I mentioned, uh, components are getting much larger and more complex, and we're seeing that uh, from a number of customers. And we are really the go-to player uh, when it comes to uh, providing tooling uh, for that part uh, of the market. So. Um, you know, I, I think competition uh, remains intense, uh, and we're making investments to uh, be uh, more uh, competitive, and uh, you're seeing that show up uh, in, in the margin and the performance of the segment. Yeah, that's helpful. Uh, you, you touched a little bit on the, on the chip shortage, and that's pretty well documented. And I think Ford put out some pretty weak guidance uh, over the last week or so. So do you have any visibility on what the impact could be for the back half of the year, uh, especially in the context of having discussion with your customers? You know, I, I probably don't have much greater uh, insight than what's uh, available in, in the public press. Uh, you know, just the, the numbers do seem to be growing in terms of, of the impacts of uh, production uh, declines. I see Ford was, was out this morning with some, uh, some news on that front. Uh, but you know, I, I think we're we're really positioning our, our business to uh, to deliver uh, the products uh, for whatever the production levels are, and we would aim to uh, to exceed to exceed that growth as as we've done in the past. And then last one here for me on on your uses of capital. Do you have an update on the capex spend this year, and what are your plans for your cash? Are you just going to harvest harvest it as you've done in the the past year or so? Yeah, so I, I mentioned that uh, our capex um, spend will be weighted to the uh, to the back half. We've spent ten million dollars uh, so far, and uh, we we could uh, likely spend another twenty five million dollars uh, through the, the next two quarters, and that is uh, primarily to uh, finish off the um, uh, construction of Castool's new facility in Morocco. Uh, which will be up and running uh, this fiscal year, and uh, also making some uh, investments or some deposits on new equipment for our heat, various heat treat programs and uh, some additional capital uh, for the large mold business. And then beyond that, are you just planning on harvesting the cash from your because the free cash flow profile is quite strong and has been for the last few years? Well, you know, we, 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 we do continue to, to look out for uh, additional greenfield investments. As I mentioned last quarter, we're kind of narrowing down our sights on an additional um, uh, plant, likely for Castool uh, in, in Mexico. Uh, and, um, you know, we are really accelerating our spend uh, for new equipment. Uh, we're bringing it forward uh, from uh, potentially future years to, to really solidify our competitive positioning for a market that we see is very strong. Uh, both diecast and extrusion, and you know that's being driven by all of the, the comments that I've made: the electric vehicle, uh, the light weighting, um, you know, building and construction activity, 
And, uh, you know, so we'll, we'll continue to have kind of an elevated level of, of CapEx for the next couple of years, but uh, I would still expect us to generate free cash flow. Uh, and if I may okay. add, uh, David, the, a lot of the back-end capital you're seeing, some of that is deposits because it's for larger equipment as well. So, you know, a lot of that's carrying forward, as, as Darren said, into uh, the next year. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot going on. Okay, great. That's that's helpful. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Your next question comes from the line of Michael Domit. Your line is open. Hey, good morning, guys. <clears throat> morning, Michael. Morning. Hey, uh, uh, first off, nice quarter. Um, I, I want to start maybe on the automotive solution segment. Now, the margins there looked solid, I guess, given the long list of challenges facing the quarter. I wonder, you know, do the headwinds, namely, you know, the higher raw mats, chip shortage, um, and the ramp-up costs, do they become more meaningful into next quarter before smoothing out, just to get a sense for the, the sequential impact? Uh, you know, there's going to be pluses and minuses. Uh, you know, the raw material costs uh, are, are, are going up, and we're uh, trying as best we can to offset that with uh, efficiency uh, measures. Uh, and, you know, we were also impacted this quarter by the, the Texas um, ice storm, which I'm mm -hmm. guessing is not going to happen again in the next few quarters. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we do have uh, some uh, or one program in particular that is going to ramp up in Q3, and uh, we were fully geared up for that program to start last in, in our Q2, and it didn't. So, so that will uh, be a positive um, influence on on margins from overhead absorption uh, as as we go through the next couple of quarters. So, uh, you know, there there is still quite the potential here that that margin uh, has uh, some upside at this point, uh, despite the uh, the headwinds that uh, that will continue. Gotcha. Okay. No, good to hear. Uh, and then on the um, the market share gains in extrusion and cast dual, um, can you maybe get into that a little bit? And just um, you know, what's really driving the the share expansion there? I mean, you've obviously got new facilities and um, you know across different areas, but is it just new capabilities? Is it better pricing? Um, just to give us a sense for um, you know what's driving that and how sustainable it is. Well, it it. it you know, it, it varies by, by business. You know, extrusion, we have made significant investments over a multi-year time frame to make the manufacturing of, of our dyes the same uh, in uh, any of the, the six plants that that group has. And uh, that has uh, really uh, given us increased fluidity of manufacturing uh, across uh, the network of, of those plants and, and such that we can uh, we can balance loads uh, better uh, we have opened up uh, capacity and you know at the end of the day we produce a, a very high quality uh, dye and we do that in a, a short period of time and when you do that consistently to your customer uh, you you get the next order and uh, we've been growing uh, from those elements and, you know, on, on Castool, uh, you know, these guys have, are, are really uh, innovative with uh, their products and product suites uh, that they have. Uh, they really uh, play to this um, need for uh, larger and uh, complex components. Uh, you know, they, they're, 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 
that they're a dominant player in the shot sleeve market uh, as part of the die casting business. Uh, you can see what Tesla is doing uh, with that business in terms of uh, these giga presses and giga castings. And Castool is uh, participating directly uh, in, in that. So um, it, it's a number of things, but uh, it really does speak to the investment that we've made in, in, in equipment, but really uh, our, our people and uh, uh, the way that they, they innovate our, our products to, to our customers' demands. Yeah, thanks for that, Darren. Um, and then just, I guess, going off some of the last questions, um, I mean, it sounds like the growth focus will come from internal investments rather than M&A. Um, maybe just talk about what you guys are, you know, targeting as investment hurdles um, for some of the greenfield and some of the investments that you're making. Any incremental, um, you know, EBITDA growth that we should expect over the next several years as, as CapEx ramp, uh, ramps up? Well, you know, we, we've, we've always had a, a good uh, return on investment, you know, kind of um, targeting that in the 20% plus range is, uh, is, is ideal. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're going to continue to, um, uh, to expand our, our margin from uh, making uh, products more efficiently and uh, from um, taking market share in both existing markets and, and in new markets, as we're, we're doing with, with Castool, or as Castool is doing with its investment in Morocco. Uh, so, uh, you know, a hurdle in, in that range is uh, kind of what we target, and I think uh, we've got a, a very good shot at getting there. Gotcha. And that hurdle, is that pre-tax or post-tax? Just, just to make sure that I know. Post-tax. Gotcha. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Michael. Again, everyone, to ask a question, just press a star 1 on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from the line of Ms. Pierce Clark. Your line is open. Yeah, uh, good morning. Uh, Darren, just have a question first on, you seem to be making these investments in heat treating, both the, the large mold business and as well the extrusion business. What, what is the significance of, you know, of the heat treating? Is that, is that that you treat the metal prior to machining and that improves machine speeds and results? Could you explain kind of in late? In layman's, yeah, well, what well, you know, the tool steel that we use uh, for both extrusion and, and die cast needs to be heat treated uh, to in, enhance the, the hardness uh, properties uh, of the steel uh, through the manufacturing process. And um, you know, so all, all of our steel uh, goes through a heat treat at some part of the process. And uh, for our extrusion business. Uh, we uh, have in-house heat treat capabilities, and we've long had that, and we have needed that in order to, um, you know, keep the uh, lead times uh, short. Uh, the lead time in that part of the business is seven to nine days, and if you outsource it and you lose control over that aspect, uh, you won't meet the objective of, uh, of the lead time uh, turnaround. Uh, in in Castool's part of the business, they've, they've grown significantly over the years and they have relied on third-party uh, heat treat uh, providers. And um, as the complexity and uh, of these products increases and uh, the scale of their business increases, uh, we've determined that uh, it is advantageous to uh, bring that heat treat uh, in-house and so we are, we're doing that, and we're making significant investments to do so. Uh, and uh, so, you know, it, I guess with respect to extrusion again, 
um, we are uh, adding new heat treat equipment that is uh, much more uh, energy efficient and uh, that will have um, positive in impacts for our operating costs as well. So uh, there's, there's a few heat treat uh, programs going on, uh, but uh, you know, they're all to upgrade uh, our internal capabilities and uh, reduce our costs. And in the large mold, does you, do you outsource the heat treating? We, we do currently, and uh, the heat treat uh, operation that Castool is putting in will actually go in the back of the plant of the large mold uh, business up in Newmarket, so large mold will have access to in-house heat treatment as well. Okay. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to um, talk about was, you know, on the opportunity uh, given, you know, the ne you know the necessity for light weighting of vehicles. Um, so where where is that opportunity largely? Is it is it in the large mold business or is it in cast tool? And um, like, what does that mean for the large mold business? Because they make, you know, because now you make the tooling for engine blocks and transmission case covers, and then you need to transition to, you know, tooling for structural parts. So if you can just talk a little bit about that. So the opportunity is in all three uh, of our tooling businesses. Um, but, you know, at a high level, it's both on the die cast and extrusion side. Um, you know, large mold has traditionally traditionally uh, had the bulk of its business in engine blocks and um, transmission housings and making molds for those components. Uh, but uh, increasingly over the past several years, they have made molds for uh, structural applications. And uh, those structural applications are uh, increasing significantly uh, in volume as these uh, OEMs uh, lightweight their internal combustion engine vehicles and then also with respect to electric um, uh, vehicles, the battery weighs uh, so much that uh, they, they've got to make more of the structure of the vehicle out of aluminum. So, uh, so large mold is today making several molds for structural components for, for both electric vehicle and for um, light weighting of internal combustion engine vehicles. Uh, Castool uh, similarly feeds, uh, you know, its, uh, its products into, um, you, know, trans, tr you know, whatever the powertrain is or uh, whatever the die-cast process is to make structural components, uh, Castool is a sig significant player in that market today. And as, as structural components are, are larger and more complex, it really requires tooling that um, can uh, to handle that complexity. And so, you know, Castool is uh, benefiting significantly from that. And then even an extrusion um, where they will, uh, OEMs will, will make uh, some extruded components uh, for the vehicle uh, structure. Uh, you know, they, they need extrusion dies for that. So we're, we're seeing a, a benefit there. But uh, given the diversity of that extrusion business, it's, it's not as sizable, uh, but it's still very positive. Okay, thanks very much. Thanks, Peter. Presenters, there are no further questions at this time. Please continue. Okay, well, uh, thanks everyone for your time uh, and interest on the call this morning. Uh, we look forward to speaking with you again next quarter. Take care. This concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.